0: Welcome to the Apple Insider Podcast. This is your host, Stephen Robles, and today it's the big preview for Apple's Far Out event. We're expecting the iPhone 14, Apple Watch Series 8, AirPods Pro 2, and a ton more. This episode is brought to you by Collide. And joining me for this pre-game show i guess i'm using a sports analogy if i could is my friend across the pond william gallagher how's it going william
1: it's going fine a sports reference i recognized i've worked on pre-match shows yeah. and things without any idea what the match actually was but this time you say there's an event coming an apple event that's, that's that sounds good
0: that's right that was the only sports uh, thing i know about except for ted lasso <laughs> but we're not going to talk about that yeah. so uh, but no i'm excited man we are less than a week away from a big apple event and of course the rumors are swirling around there's a, a hurricane of rumors that's because i'm in florida so I, that's why i said hurricane yeah. but we'll, we'll get to that i wanted to do some uh, some little bit of follow-up real quick and uh you know i had some other things i wanted to plug real quick but five-star reviews we have randy w sandberg from the usa gave us a five-star review jim with a bunch of numbers after his name from the usa uh, this i don't know what this is william this username is can you be my mom from the usa oh i'm, I'm sorry <laughs> I'm, I'm sorry i can't but uh, maybe William is up for the job. I'm not sure. That's up to him.
1: We'll talk about it when Stephen's left. Okay.
0: <laughs> <laughs> De- deafening silence from William's side. And then uh, Damien Demren from Germany, international listener. Thank you for tuning in and five-star rating and review. No UK people this time. No, I think. I think they've literally all given us a five-star rating interview already there's no one left in the uk who hasn't rated us
1: right. i think we're all probably uh, we've stopped listening to podcasts to try to save a bit of electricity with all of our uh, rising oh. bills here that's probably what it is there do you still
0: have a heat wave over there uh, yes
1: yeah uh, we did it was um, very hot oh, wow. and now it's less so and we're looking at winter and, you know, £1,000 extra bills and things. Oh, like my goodness.
0: What is going on? What is going on? Is there Are there like less hamsters running in the wheels generating power? Or like, what's what's happening?
1: If you're outside the UK, then I'll just say Brexit. Oh. Um, if you're inside the UK, I'll say Brexit, yes, it is, because we're still very split here, ever this but oh, yeah I it's, see. Okay. there are other factors uh but we haven't actually got a government at the moment so that helps complicated story there we might have one in a week's time
0: oh okay that's interesting you know i've heard that the there's a there's a situation going on where florida might detach from the united states they're calling it Flexit. <laughs> sorry that was a that was a bad joke i just <laughs> okay if there's any
1: seriousness to that don't do it florida no okay, no
0: no i just i was just throwing that out there so I, <laughs> I apologize to everyone that was a terrible joke
1: you know i'm going through every state in my head now trying to think of even worse puns but uh, i haven't got one uh, so. flex
0: said it was pretty good i don't i don't know if yeah, you can uh,
1: can't match that
0: no no, no it's pretty good that's <laughs> pretty good i had something very exciting happen to me this past week william mm. i had listened to podcasts on the Twit Network, as one of the really the first shows I started listening to, it's got to be 10 plus years ago. And if you're not familiar, This Week in Tech runs by, ran by Leo Laporte. He's got a whole host of podcasts on his network. So in the first shows I listened to, and it was kind of a bucket list of mine to one day appear on his show. And uh, last week I was at a podcast conference, made some connections there. And someone told me, hey, just email him. Like, man, a cold call email. Let's see how this works. And so I emailed Leo Monday night of this week and Tuesday morning, I get an email from his producer saying, "Listen, we had someone call out on MacBreak Weekly, the podcast. Can you fill in?" Twelve hours from sending the email to Leo, cold calling, I was then on the MacBreak Weekly show with Leo Laporte, Jason Snell, Andy Anatko, and it was a blast. And so I got to kind of check off that bucket list item on a show that I have listened to for a long time. And uh, it was a blast. So I'll put a link in the show notes. Excellent. It's uh, video and audio, but MacBreak Weekly, I was on it.
1: Uh, congratulations. That's fun. Thank you. You want something and then you do it. That's really good. Yeah.
0: yeah it, was, it was a lot of fun. So, so I appreciated that. Thank you, Leo, if you're listening. And uh, yeah, it was, it was a lot of fun. Some other uh, follow-up and feedback. Last week, Wes and I talked about Find My as a social network and how teenagers are using Find My and kind of sharing their location with friends outside of their, like, family and, you know, immediate circles but almost sharing location permanently with just friends you know just lots of people and i was curious if what our listeners do a lot of people reached out in twitter and via email and in dms i to not expect it. you're talking about location and such but most people at least listeners of this show only share their location in find my with immediate family maybe like one best friend at the most, but most of the time it is, most of the time it is just immediate family. And so I wanted to get your opinion since you're on this week, William. I mean, do you yeah. share your location with uh, everybody in the UK or is it just immediate family or do you have that totally locked down? What's your practice?
1: The giant majority of my immediate family are not iPhone users. Uh, so obviously I don't talk to them at all. You know, what are you going to do? Um, <laughs> As you <but>, should uh, <laughs> right? uh, I don't like the idea of sharing my location all the time. I also yeah. don't like, uh, I mean, I'm married to my wife, Angela. We occasionally share location, particularly if we're going to the same place. I've done that with groups of friends as well. It's so handy to see you're all getting to the right place. You know you're going to be there. But then it's sharing for the day or even just the hour. Certainly right. do a lot of stuff about, um, you know, with Apple Maps, you can share your ETA and that shares the detailed la- uh, location on Maps for it. I use that a lot and I like that. Uh, it has completely... Completely uh, conf- befuddled my sister, who has no idea why my iPhone appears, why I appear to be texting her every time there's uh, some sort of uh, diversion or delay or something, uh, and she sends me yeah. back increasingly confused texts. <laughs> and I try to explain <laughs> that I'm not sending them and that I don't read them, but it's uh, yeah.
0: Mm. Mm, okay, so that's my practice as well. So don't don't share your location with dozens of people. I think that's. Uh, Sound advice, I would just say.
1: I, we always think this was our own privacy, but I, I just, just, as I just said, I, I'm married. my wife Angela. She could, if she wanted to, share a location with me, but I don't want to know. I you know, I don't want to keep tabs on her. I want to see her at the end of the day, find out what she's done, have a proper natter. I don't want to be uh, able to look in and track and things. So I'm concerned with her privacy. She's concerned with hers and mine. It's, it's a fantastic thing when it's useful, but I wouldn't put it on all the time.
0: Yeah, yeah, I get it. So I just wanted to cover real quick 5G because I was in Dallas last week, Dallas, Texas, here in the United States, which I didn't realize or I forgot that is the AT&T headquarters is actually in downtown Dallas. And I was going to actually a an event, the Pod News Meetup. James Cridland does Pod News, covers podcasting all over the world. And there was a meetup and I... Found myself. I I didn't know it was there, but at AT AT&T headquarters, like the big building. I googled it to make sure I was actually in the right place. But it's like AT&T's base. Mm. And as I was standing outside this building, I looked at my AT&T iPhone 13 Pro, and sure enough, I had 5G Plus. Which 5G Plus on AT&T is millimeter wave, the ultra wideband, super fast speeds. And I was just thinking, you know, it's been two years. 5G was announced with the iPhone 12, and it's now been a full two years, and the promise was fast speeds everywhere. 5G is going to change everything. I think in large practice, I, I know I'm going to hear from you about the, the UK experience yes. of, or lack of experience of millimeter wave. Yeah,
1: I'm waiting to tell you that. Yes. Yeah, yeah. But
0: but here in the States, you know, at least where I am in Florida, I don't experience it very many places. But I will say in that one little square outside of the AT&T headquarters, there is 5G plus, plus and i was getting consistently about 800 something down about 150 to 200 up which is pretty good speeds for cellular connectivity i mean it's almost gigabit down so that one little square had it and then also i flew out of the tampa airport here in florida and they have actually installed 5g plus radios in the terminal and so it's not perfect coverage But at a lot of the gates in the airport terminal, you can actually get 5G plus millimeter wave speeds. And it is also about 800 something megabits down, 150 to 200 up. And listen, if you're trying to download a movie before getting on a flight, that speed is really useful and way faster than any Wi-Fi you find at an airport or hotel. So it was nice to see. I think an airport is a great use case for something like millimeter wave because you can cover that small area with limited amount of of antennas you know you're not trying to cover a a large swath outside or like a stadium so two places you know in the last two years i've found 5g plus in a tgi fridays parking lot over by universal in orlando (laughs) i found it in the tampa international airport and then a small square outside at&t headquarters in dallas texas so and it did pop up as my uber driver was careening from the airport to my hotel in dallas i saw 5g plus pop up a couple times but it was very fleeting so i'm not sure what that was but william tell me about your experience with millimeter wave 5g speeds
1: Yeah, that won't take long. Uh, no, <laughs> we physically, yeah. our iPhones don't have it. But um, forgive me, this is several months since I read this. Maybe things have changed. But I understood it a few months ago, you said about airports being good for this. And yes, you would think so. But uh, all of the airports that don't want to spend the money on installing 5G have been insisting that it interferes with airplanes. <laughs> <things>. <laughs> and I, I was surprised that you told me that one works. So yeah. that's kind of proof that it works all right. Also, isn't it in... France or across Europe, that 5Gs in every airport, and the same aircraft that are fine in France say so they can't land in America because of this. Uh, yeah, it's the yeah, cost great. somewhere rather than the thing. Forget it, it's just I suddenly thought when you are talking about being outside AT&T that everybody in that office is really happy. It all works, oh, yeah. everything's great. Oh, yeah. And that's like um sometimes I think Apple and Apple Park must have brilliant Wi-Fi, so much better than the rest mm. of us, because there are times when Apple just takes it for granted that you have always on very fast wi-fi like the you remember the thing about on iphones that you it can offload an app if you're not using it right much well there's i can't remember what the app is now but there's one i used once or so a year and that one time i need it i really need it and there i was in london and i was unable to get a signal to download Mm. it and that was the one time and then i got home and it downloaded and it's like yeah Thanks. But (laughs) it will choose to remove it before next year and I'll be back where
0: I am. So, yes, that is interesting. I wonder if Apple does have super fast Wi-Fi at the campus. I wonder what Wi-Fi routers they're using. (laughs) There's no Apple Wi-Fi routers they can use. I wonder that we know about. I don't that we know about. I doubt they're that using. They sell. <laughs> I doubt they're using euros from Amazon. So they're probably using ubiquity ones.
1: In all seriousness, yeah. like I'm seventy percent sure of this. So forgive me if I'm wrong. But I remember reading a uh, some sort of FCC. Patent release some legal document that's talked about a type of router. And as you look through the details, you realize it was a test router somewhere in Apple Park or somewhere. Right. So they, they have them. That is true. Maybe they make them, but they won't sell them to us.
0: Maybe they make them. Listen, uh, I'm not going to reveal too much. I did meet some people from Apple at the podcast conference I was at. And if any of them would like to reach out and let me know what Wi-Fi routers you use on Apple campus, I don't think that's some trade secret. You could probably just look up in the ceiling and, and, you know, send me a picture. Just saying, I mean, you know, I'd like to know. A little, I'm, I'm interested. One last thing I wanted to mention about travel is you were mentioning the 5G and supposedly it affects airplanes. It's the first time I flew in like four years and there's like automated announcements now whenever you take off and they still tell you to put all your devices in airplane mode because I guess it might take the plane down if your Bluetooth is on or something. And I'll just say, not a single person does that. Including me, I don't. I hope I'm not going to get arrested for this, but I didn't put my device in airplane mode, and uh, I mean, nothing happened to the plane, so I think we're okay. No worries. Well, I'm shocked at you. <laughs> I know, terrible.
1: You know, you start off like this. The next thing, what what other uh-huh. laws do you ignore? What other rules? Well, Are you, is this a slippery slope? It is towards. <laughs> bank robbery
0: it's the thin end of a wedge next thing you know i'm danny ocean (laughs) at the uh in las vegas anyways actually the next podcast conference is in las vegas anyway all right we got to talk about this event william because in just a few days we have apple's far out event i'm very excited first apple event in a number of months we've covered a lot of the rumors before but as we head into the week before an event there's usually a flurry of new rumors so we're going to cover that but just so you know That event is happening September 7th, Wednesday. It's a Wednesday event. The live stream will be at 1 p.m. Eastern, 10 a.m. Pacific. I think that's 6 p.m. UK time. Yeah. And then I will be doing a recap episode right after the event, as I normally do, covering all the announcements, a little bit of commentary. So watch for that podcast episode immediately after. And then we'll do more in depth, of course, on the Friday episode I assume iOS 16 usually is released the next week. So we're probably less than two weeks away from iOS 16 public release and iPhone pre-orders. We could just be a week away from iPhone pre-orders. Usually those go live the Friday after the event. So as you listen to this episode, so very exciting. We expect iPhone 14, Apple Watch Series 8, and I'm gonna throw in there AirPods 2, AirPods Pro 2, as they should be. I think this is the event to do it, if they're gonna do it. I also assume there's going to be multiple fall events like there have been before. I imagine there's going to be an event in October, possibly for new iPads, which we're going to cover a new iPad Pro rumor, the HomePod, maybe a HomePod mini update. And we still have the Apple Silicon Mac Pro floating out there. Should be coming soon. So let's cover some of the iPhone 14 rumors. You let me know if any of these tempt you to upgrade, William. Every year you say, I'm plenty happy with my iPhone, and then you always end up upgrading. (laughs) So we'll see. So, of course, the big size difference that the mini is going to go away. No more iPhone 14 mini, but that is going to be iPhone 14, iPhone 14 plus. We've seen some more leaks and rumors seemingly to confirm that plus name, which used to be the name for the big phone. iPhone 14 plus, then iPhone 14 Pro and Pro Max. So you'll have four different phones. Basically, the 6.7 inch. Oh, what are those sizes? It's 6.7 and six point
1: one uh i six feel like seven, we're
0: calling one, out lottery numbers now um right here i think it's 6.1 and 6.7 yep oh that's it's it the is.
1: one that doesn't fit in your hand and the one that doesn't fit in two hands
0: that's the size <laughs> yeah. that's a, those are the sizes it is 6.1 and 6.7 so basically we'll have a 6.1 and 6.7 inch regular base model iphone and then the same sizes in the pro models pro and pro max Looking like that is the case. There was a box that was released. You see the picture of that box. That's yes. an iPhone 14 Pro. It was
1: practically drawn in crayon, wasn't it? So I wasn't convinced by that <laughs> one. But yeah,
0: it's. Uh, I guess it confirms that Apple is going to make another iPhone 14. Look at that. Uh, it's, yeah. And the it's a white. It's a white box for the Pro model. Whatever that means. So that's you know.
1: Um, I would like to say here because I don't think it's ever happened before, but I did say many weeks ago that it would be called a Plus version okay i mean we still don't know it could still be wrong but for this brief moment i'd like to take some small shard of glory if i've earned it at all and That's then right. deny everything next week if i'm wrong
0: william leaker gallagher it's your new name will be <laughs> yes. leaking out that plus name got it right. so i i agree i think it's going to be called the plus i mean i i don't think they would call it 14 max no and, you know i don't think they would do that i think it would be iphone 14 14 plus And 14 Pro, 14 Pro Max. I think that's it. Yeah. This weird rumor about the hole punch, you know, for many months, the rumor has been that the notch is going to go away on the Pro models and it's going to be replaced with a pill shape and hole punch. Looks like a sideways eye, like the letter, not the uh, physiological part. But now there's rumors that it's not going to be a pill and hole punch. It's actually just going to be one long pill and it's going to be the iPhone 14 Pro Tic Tac. It's just a long pill across the top. I don't know what to think about this. I, I don't think it looks as good as the pill and hole punch. I think it's pretty hard to say what it's going to be. Well, what do you think, William? Is it going to be a tic-tac or is it going to be a lo- an eye? What do you say?
1: Well, it's f- funny you should say eye. Every time I looked at the renders of it, I thought it was an exclamation mark. So oh, um, sure, we could both sure. be disappointed in different directions. I'll tell you something I don't understand. What is the difference between the hole punch and the pill bit? What's supposed to go in each one? Why are there two? Do we know?
0: I mean, one would be... I would not say the speaker, because the speaker is in the very top part of the iPhone 13 now, so they don't need to cut out for the speaker. It would be the, like, face ID Mm. and other sensors, and then it would be the camera. I assume maybe the camera's in the hole punch.
1: Oh, I didn't... You know? Yeah. Do you know, actually, I didn't think about the front-facing camera, of course. Yeah. Good point. Okay.
0: I think that's what it is.
1: It feels... If it is one thing, it feels like they've just taken the notch and lowered it down a bit. And actually, I'm fine with the notch. I'm sure we'll be fine with this but it is curious
0: it is curious
1: i I, in my head i thought when the notch was gone what would come would be either nothing it would all be somehow under the screen or we'd have a hole punch thing so I've, i've been repeatedly surprised by the idea that it's going to be about as wide as the notch just in a different position
0: yeah so i'm not sure i'm less inclined about that one and more so We've heard about the camera updates that is gonna be possibly 48 megapixel camera. I think the far out naming, we talked about it last week, Wes and I, I think that has to do with astrophotography and camera improvements, so I'm looking forward to that. Other rumors say these are new, that there'll be 30 watt fast charging for the first time. The current iPhone 13 models gets up to 20 watt fast charging. This would be 30 watt so you can get even faster charging from a wired connection. And this one leaker, this was actually earlier this week, Leaker y e u x 1122 is one of these like random Twitter leakers. He had a bunch of things to say about it. Again, take it all with a grain of salt. He felt like there was like pricing leaks, which it's gonna be more expensive. Rabbits are furry, we got that. Uh, but also the colors, which I thought was interesting. He feels like they know the colors, that the iPhone 14 base model will come in green, purple, blue, black, white, and red. And the iPhone 14 Pro will come in green, purple, silver, gold, and graphite. Now, I take some issue with the Pro colors because I feel like Apple has only ever given the Pro models exactly one color besides like silver and space gray. You know what I mean? It's always been like variations of gray and then like one color. It was Sierra Blue last year. Pacific blue the year before. Except. Yes. Uh,
1: yeah, I, I hadn't realized that. Um, and I'm sure you're right. Except that's at launch, uh, the initial launch. Right. Then later, there can come things like the purple one. Right. So maybe they just got faster paintbrushes.
0: <laughs> well, it was the, oh, al- yes, yes. the Alpine <laughs> green is the pro model that came out mid-cycle. The iPhone 13 Pro, you can get an Alpine green, which, listen, green is my favorite color, William. I know blue is your favorite. Well, green is my favorite. And I found it a personal affront that the green was released midway through the cycle when I I wasn't about to upgrade (laughs) mid-cycle. So I would love for the green... Wait a minute. Yeah, yeah, go ahead.
1: You have told me you get every new iPhone. That's right. But you don't do it mid-cycle. God, you're picky.
0: I need to have some kind of boundary, William. I can't buy an (laughs) iPhone every six months. Oh, my goodness. Can't do that. Or I had to get a Mac Studio during that time. Oh, okay. Yeah, I would love for green to be one of the at-launch colors. I feel usually Apple will vary the colors from previous releases. So the fact that we already have an Alpine green 13 Pro, I feel maybe it's less likely for this one. And purple, that makes sense. I don't know about a purple Pro model. I've, I, I've assumed Apple would do the normal silver and space gray like they always do, or graphite. Those two are always standard. Maybe some gold or a midnight. You know, midnight has been the new color like for the MacBook Air. It would make sense to maybe bring the midnight to the Pro model. And then I remember there was a rumor a couple of years ago for bronze, like there would be some kind of like bronzy finish to the color. And, you know, there were rumors that different materials could be used as well. Oh, yeah. But if you could get one color for the iPhone, what color would you like, William? I
1: think the blue on the iPhone 13 Pro right now is just gorgeous.
0: Oh, I and, do. Um,
1: Okay. That could even be a reason to hang on to the, that's, I, that's why I like it. You yes, operate, I don't William. upgrade get to the out iPhone here. 14 because I like the color.
0: <laughs> <laughs> You're gonna upgrade. I-, I just hope that green comes out at launch. I'm I'm gonna go for a green phone. I used to be all space gray all the time. I used to get only the black models. I got an- a white one with the iPhone 10, and, and now I've just gone crazy. I- I've done the blue the last year. I've done other colors. Were you ever like, what what has been your history? Have you been kind of just sticking with muted colors? Or have you always gone for whatever new color there was?
1: I did go for muted colors until I had a trip to LA, and I wanted uh, a. A better camera than the iphone 6 i think i had at the time so i bought it would have been the iphone 10r uh, um, and i got that in a large size and it was silver but for some reason in the states uh, i bought a white case and i came away thinking i just i really why didn't i always go for colors i know it's only the <laughs> right. case i don't often buy cases but then when the next thing came out i kind of and blue was available you know
0: yeah blue is nice This episode is brought to you by Collide. If you're considering a third party audit like SOC2, then you should be prepared to answer some tough questions about endpoint security. Auditors want to know that you have a system in place to monitor and maintain compliance across your device fleet. And that means showing that your employees are using things like disk encryption, screen lock, and password managers. If you're not quite sure how you'd go about proving that, then you need Collide. Collide is an endpoint security tool for Mac, Windows, and Linux devices that does things mobile device managers can't and gives you the visibility you need to meet your third party and internal compliance goals. Best of all, Collide doesn't resort to surveilling employees or locking down devices. Instead, it works with end users to resolve issues and relies on their cooperation. Collide integrates with Slack and it will send automated Slack messages to the employees on your team to make those security and privacy recommendations. Let's say they save some passwords in a plain text file on their desktop. Well, that's not a good idea. And they'll get an automated message through their Slack from Collide, giving them the instructions on how to go about securing and making those things private, meet your security goals and pass your audit without compromising on privacy. Visit collide.com slash apple insider to find out how. And if you follow that link, they'll hook you up with a goodie bag just for activating a free trial. Free trial, free goodie bag, you can't lose. That's K-O-L-I-D-E dot com slash Apple Insider. Collide.com slash Apple Insider. And the link is in the episode description as well. Our thanks to Collide for sponsoring this episode. And going back to the charging, I forgot, Wes actually did a poll on the Apple Insider Twitter account asking about fast charging. How fast is too fast? Because as you can learn the faster you charge a phone, the greater the possibility of degrading the longevity of the battery, or the battery health maximum capacity could decrease. And so we've got about a thousand votes on this poll, but 44%, the vast majority, they would like 18 watt charging, which is about 50% battery charge in 30 minutes, which is really what the current iPhone 13 model is. It's 20 watt, but 18 watts pretty close. 27% of people said 30 watts, they would love it faster, And then just a mere 9%, they would want 100-watt-plus charging, also known as battery death. Uh, That was Wes putting that in the poll. But there are phones. There are phones right now that have over 100-watt charging. There's some Android phones, I think the Oppo or something. It's it's possible, but how fast is too fast for you, William? How fast do you want your iPhone to charge?
1: I am really blasé about this because I charged it overnight and so it's charged when I woke up although actually I've been away from the desk today so now as I talk to you I thought I just popped it on the charge actually I didn't put my watch on the charge as well because I wore that overnight to wake me up at early this morning and forgot to charge it so I just left them on there when you and I are done talking and they'll be both charged up fine oh, there you go. so I really am um, completely unplussed, non unplussed, unfussed. Unplussed. I'm trying to combine all of these words into it.
0: Yeah, all the plus, <laughs> iPhone 14 plus, there you go. So we'll see if they're faster charging. And then of course the always on displays, supposedly the big feature for the pro model coming this week.
1: Oh yeah, now that, sorry, that's the one.
0: Yeah, you can upgrade. Yeah. <laughs> You'll upgrade.
1: Well, right now I realize I actually, I have four iPhones on my desk and of course, none of them have an always on screen. So they are these four different size black slabs. Right. It would be very nice that what if one of them we're just sitting there telling me the time and other useful things. That's our
0: know. little widgets, maybe. Nice little widgets on the always yes, on display. I like yeah. the
1: widgets. I want yeah. more lock screen widgets.
0: Yes, I'm excited because I have not run the beta on my phone. So I'm excited to finally customize my lock screen. I know all you betas people have done it, but uh, I'm looking forward to it on mine. Now, one last rumor about the iPhone. This came out late last week. We couldn't cover it on last week's show. But there was this announcement from T-Mobile and SpaceX run by Elon Musk and how they're bringing satellite connectivity to some T-Mobile phones, giving you the ability to at least send a text message, possibly even call from anywhere in the world, regardless of cellular connectivity. And of course this spurred up the rumors again, which this was last year's rumor, that the iPhone 13 would get satellite connectivity. Now it's heated up again. Maybe this satellite connectivity ability would actually retroactively come to even the iPhone 12 and 13, with the whatever update comes after the announcement for the 14 i feel like with all the iFixit teardowns there would have been some kind of hardware that let off that this was might have been a feature on the 12 and 13. so i feel like this could very well be a 14 only feature but in conjunction with apple watch series 8 the adventure or uh, ultra rugged model and being outdoorsy and stuff I feel like a satellite announcement would make sense. It also would feel like another good feature addition for the iPhone 14 non-Pro model. Because if you think about it, if the Pro gets the always on display, the A16 processor, the better camera for the 14, you get the larger screen size, but that's it. Rumors are that it's staying with the A15 processor. This could be a feature that comes to all the iPhone 14 models. Satellite connectivity, SOS in an emergency, send a text message anywhere in the world. I don't know. How likely do you think this is, William?
1: Apple will do it, two mobile, and SpaceX won't. There you go. That was a bit strident, a bit firm, a bit declarative. But um, I I read all the PR. But uh, T-Mobile, and it's like you say, at the start, it's bringing full cell phone coverage to areas, particularly in rural America, that don't have it yet. And that all sounds brilliant. And you read further and further down and you realise there might be a beta test of it by the end of next year. So we're talking early 2024 before the public can use it. And then even further and further down, it says something like, Mm. and then the companies intend to look at calling. (laughs) So there is no chance it's going to be phone calls. Before right. what twenty twenty five, if ever, I I truly believe that they invested a lot of money in a press release because you can just put that out ahead of Apple <laughs> saying it and that stuff. I I truly don't think it's going to happen. I, I mean mean, part of it is to do with the uh, satellite network, the um, Starlink one, right. and again, you know, it's using the Starlink network, and then you read further further down, and it says uh, following this. SpaceX scheduled launches. So these satellites are going to be launched anyway. It costs nothing to say we might also use them for this. So oh, right. maybe I'm wrong. And if you're in a rural area with bad coverage, you, you must be thinking, please let him be wrong. And I hope so too. But uh, really, I just got more and more jaded. It's only a page <laughs> long. And it's, oh, 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 hmm. That's the way it
0: went. Okay, well, thank you for tempering expectations. Uh, Really, I I didn't get a chance. No, no, no. (laughs) I'm so sorry. No, no,
1: legitimately. Bucket of cold water, anybody?
0: Yes. Okay. (laughs) Well, because... And also, I said SpaceX, and I meant Starlink. So thank you for saying yes. It's Starlink, which is the satellite internet. Oh, uh,
1: Starlink's the name of the, the satellite network, but it's owned by SpaceX, isn't it? Um,
0: right. Is it? I Space get mixed
1: up. I, I think of it is Elon Musk's company, whatever one that's called.
0: It's all boring. Uh, yeah, it's all Tesla. boring now, the, yeah. the boring company. Okay. So, <laughs> I'm in, I mean, I don't know when I'm going to use satellite or if I would need it. And if you were on a cruise ship, that would be interesting, I guess. You know, could you use your iPhone on a cruise ship? You're not going to get data, data, I wouldn't think. But I don't know. It was interesting news to come out, especially right before the iPhone event. So another thing you might hear. I was thinking about the cruise ship
1: thing. Uh, Cruise ships will have Wi-Fi packages, so you can route calls through that. But it's quite common for, I I think particularly because I don't want to go into Brexit again, but we've lost roaming abilities we now have to pay an enormous amount if we go outside the uk uh but the recommendation for you know your savvy cruisers around the world is that you ask the crew where do they go on each of the stops for it because there'll be a mcdonald's or somewhere that has wi-fi and you can use all your stuff there and then get back on the ship and avoid slow speeds and high charges everywhere but yeah there we go so yes it would be an alternative to that uh, i said uh, i'm certain apple will do it particularly because they haven't ne- apparently negotiated deals with some satellite owning network something uh, but they're never going to do it cheaply either are they
0: mm, it's not apple. that's true that is true real quick i do want to mention apple watch series 8 we've talked about the possible adventure rugged model larger size seems to be the prevailing rumor that we're going to see a larger apple watch whether that is a pro model unsure i really don't feel like pro fits the apple watch branding but that's one of the name going around the other big rumor is that it might break whatever the larger size is or the new model apple watch that it will break band compatibility for the first time since the original apple watch which no matter what apple watch you've gotten if you've stuck with one size if you had the 38 millimeter from the first apple watch which is now 40 millimeter and even 42 millimeter the bands fit all of those Apple Watches. If you had the larger size the whole time, the larger band fit all those. And it might be the first time the Apple Watch Series 8 breaks compatibility with Apple Watch bands. But I think it's actually more likely that if Apple just introduces a larger size, so you can get an Apple Watch in 41 millimeter or 45 millimeter right now. So those two sizes, if Apple, introduces, let's say, a 50 millimeter, just a massive Apple Watch, then it would make sense. The story makes sense because that third new size will require a different Apple Watch band. You know, you won't be able to put your 45 millimeter band on the 50 millimeter new model. But if you stick with a 45 millimeter series eight, just like your 45 millimeter series seven, I would assume those bands would be compatible. I don't know why Apple would change it arbitrarily. You know, this isn't like a 30-pin to lightning situation where you have, like, different data connections or some kind of proprietary connection that deals with, you know, the electronics of the device. I mean, the band is literally just a clasp, unless, of course, that there's some new band that introduces a new health feature Hmm. where it actually does need to communicate with the watch. And so you might need a different one. I don't know, William. You think they're going to break compatibility? You think this is the year? Well, that's so strange. When you
1: put it in the way you just did, I thought it actually... It isn't breaking compatibility because the smaller band always only fitted the smaller watch. Right, exactly. The larger band only fitted it. It will just be a new compatibility for it. You will have no, uh, I mean, you get a band with the watch anyway, so it's not like you're being forced to buy a new one.
0: Hmm. Right. So basically, I mean, if me, who I have a 45 millimeter Series 7, if I choose to get the 50 millimeter or whatever the new big size is come next week, then none of my bands will fit it, which that will be the understanding. But if I go with a 45 millimeter Series Eight, I can still use them. I will say yes. I don't know if I want a, an even larger display. I mean, maybe. I think so. But that's going to be a high cost. Let me tell you, if I go with a larger 50 millimeter size. There's going to be a flash sale on solo loops and braided solo loops from the Robles home. And so just be watching Twitter because I'm going to be selling my entire collection if that's the case.
1: You're a, because you, being the one who smashes up all your watches, no. you're going to have to go for the, I don't know, the concrete version or whatever the hardest yeah. one is. You're going to have to end up selling <laughs> yeah. one of your kids
0: to fund this as well. That's, so, that's the new material yeah. that they're going to use, William. Concrete. Yes. yes, the Concrete Series 8 Pro Max. That's the one. Now, now let me t- let me ask you because I know you got a Series Seven. I know I think you like it very much. Yes. Do you have the forty-five millimeter? Is that correct?
1: Yes, I do. I actually bought the smaller one uh-huh. uh, for my wife, so I- I've seen both of them side by side a lot, and I do think hers is it's there's something really neat and special. About it, and she loves that size. But maybe I'm older, eyes are weaker. I appreciate the bigger screen, so I, I don't want to say I'm not into a larger screen. Still, I just I can't imagine what else could there be in a pro version to make it different. Um,
0: it is totally kitchen indestructible. <laughs> I can bang it on however many countertops, and it'll never break. <laughs> so you would, not I mean, a larger size, like a fifty millimeter Apple Watch basically the size, I don't know, of like a compass on your wrist, you would not uh, be tempted by the larger size.
1: I could well be. Uh, The thing is, I'm really happy with the 7. And before that, I had a 4, which I had to stop and think about. that. Yes, I had a 4 because I traded it in to get the 7. Before that, I had a Series 0 ending. So I'm far from doing it every year. Uh, I mean, I was very glad to get to the 4 and then very glad to get to the 7. Like, you really appreciate uh several generation jumps oh yeah i don't know that i'm going to particularly notice a difference with the 8 unless it is bigger and in some way has more features or if it comes out with... The, all of them have that squared-off design that we were threatened with oh. last year. And I, I <laughs> vow to you is the absolute best reason for buying a Series 7. <laughs> to just not get <laughs> those...
0: Those, those, those rumours really cooled off. You know, I have not heard about a flat-edged yes. Apple Watch in quite a while, so...
1: No, Apple, Apple, Apple couldn't do it and changed their mind at the last minute. That's, or, right. Um, That's right. No, we always meant it would be next year.
0: Right. Yeah,
1: right. one of those, so... Sure, sure, sure.
0: We'll see. I I don't know. I I would have to see a 50 millimeter in person. I think because I mean the the 45 is pretty big, but I don't know a bigger size. I'd be curious if they do something different. You know, because right now the series seven larger size, you can get like the full keyboard. Oh yes. If you want to type something, and you can even do like the swipe typing. So I'd be curious if they offer any like additional functionality features on a larger size. It's also more surface to hit on countertops, so I'm not sure. I'm not sure (laughs) we'll see, (laughs) but the event again, September 7th, 1 PM Eastern, 10 AM Pacific 6 PM in the UK. And I will be doing the recap episode right after stay tuned. I'll be live tweeting as well. It's always a flurry of information trying to live tweet. And, and, you know, we, no one talks about what else besides hardware is at these events, but typically Apple will spend 10 or 15 minutes on some kind of service or software update. You know, the Apple classical music app. It was supposed to launch soon and we have not heard anything about that, but I imagine Tim Cook could open the event and talk about Apple Music Classical, anything to Fitness Plus, you know, updates to Fitness Plus possibly could be coming or really any of their services. You know, we don't, there's no leaks about that stuff because there's no hardware to leak out in a supply chain or anyone for, to see a display or a phone case. And so a lot of times that's kind of the most surprises is in that first 15 minutes of the, of the event. And I'll be excited for those things too. I'd like to hear what they have to say. Before every
1: event, there's every possible piece of hardware will be announced and then it isn't. And everybody says, well, it was never going to be. That's the cycle, the part, the cycle we're in now, everything's coming. If you forget the devices and look at this as a show, this is Apple's biggest show of the year. That's right. Uh, By far, the most attention it ever gets is on the iPhone. So there are two things. One is it mustn't have anything in there that would distract from the iPhone. So it can't be the iPhone and the Apple car. It won't be the iPhone and the headset. (laughs) VR headset. But also, because there's so much attention on it, Apple can use this to lift other things that might not get as much attention. That's why the watch was always folded in with the phone because an Apple watch thing, originally anyway, on its own, wouldn't get the notice and the press attention. And here it does. It gets a lot more than it would, but not enough to knock the iPhone off the headlines and things for it yeah. so apple is really really hot on exactly what to tell us when to get the maximum attention out of it and then the maximum sales i think they're amazing oh, at yeah. this and it's just uh, fascinating how it all works
0: that's a good that's a good analysis think of it this is the biggest this is the super bowl of apple events and the iphone yes. 14 is the uh the thing i mean it's the thing
1: yeah careful now that was nearly three sports references oh, i'm so sorry. In one go and <laughs> I'm sorry we were both I struggling there okay.
0: i know yeah that I, I couldn't think of what the iphone was equivalent in <laughs> no. the super bowl i i that was it i've run out of super bowl analogies so or foot sports <laughs> yes. i don't even know what i'm talking about now sports ball Sports ball. There you go.
1: That's the one. Yeah, that's the one.
0: Well, real quick, I wanted to jam through a few other things. So iPad Pro, there was an Australian retail carrier, Optus, has actually added iPad Pro 2022 models to their internal stock keeping system. And so this goes to not confirm, but I think lends itself that we are going to see an updated iPad Pro this fall. I'm feeling like this is the time. I imagine an October event maybe M2 iPad Air, or at least updated base model iPad, plus a new iPad Pro, maybe even like HomePod or any other peripherals that might be coming. I totally see an October event with those devices, and I'm excited for an M2 iPad Pro. I am very curious what they will change in an updated iPad Pro to differentiate from the current M1 iPad Pro, which is an incredible device, super fast, software. We could talk about that <laughs> stage manager. We've covered, you know, that's all been delayed until this supposed event where the iPads will be released, but I'm excited to see what they come up with. I don't know. Anything can tempt you from upgrading. I know you already have an M1 iPad Pro anything you're wanting
1: yeah and no i'm very happy with it uh yeah. actually I, I don't know that uh, in general use i would appreciate the difference given what i do between an m1 and an m2 version but of course then you see one yeah. you make the mistake of going into the apple store maybe that's to look right. at the larger that's apple watch and then you're oh, caught
0: you walk out there with a 15 inch ipad pro and a 12 inch uh, apple watch you know that's what happens but I'm excited for a new iPad Pro. I don't
1: quite like the idea of a 15-inch. Oh, got you know, gotcha that, there. 15-inch yeah. iPad See? Pro, that. No, stop it. Stop it. Stop oh, it. Okay, okay. Yeah, <laughs> yeah.
0: Uh, now, I also wanted to ask, because you're running the macOS beta, I have not. Hmm. Now, the, a lot of dust up about the macOS Ventura settings, because we're getting closer to all the launches of the software this fall. iOS 16, iPadOS 16.1, probably October. macOS Ventura, somewhere in there, October, November. Everyone's saying the settings app is still a mess. Now, Derek Means on Twitter had a question, and I know you're running the beta, so I'm curious, is Universal Control working on your beta macOS Ventura? And secondly, what are your thoughts on the settings app in its current form?
1: Well, Universal Control, control, definitely. Um, For some reason, I haven't been using it as much in the last few weeks but that's just pure chance every time i've needed it it's just worked and i haven't even thought about there being a problem with it that's interesting okay. i'm not going to worry about that i should say i upgraded <laughs> to the beta because i was writing a feature about it and then um i upgraded my iphone to ios 16. you tripped
0: you tripped and fell and everything updates to the beta right that's how it works exactly with you? Yeah.
1: i had to check a fact with how it works with the iphone so i risked the iphone as well but when I'd done that and everything seemed to be okay, I didn't leap onto every single beta. So I think I'm up to date with macOS Ventura, but I could be a couple of betas behind. Okay. Uh, I know that uh, some of the errors people are seeing in the system settings, things are still there. If you uh, try to cursor up through the settings, you if you hold down your finger on the cursor up, then instead of just going to the top and stopping or gently looping around, it just like stutters around. Everywhere. Mm. Um and I also had a thing where this um uh app I used called TechSoup. I reinstalled something and it keeps telling me it needs me to go into system settings to allow it permission. And when you go in you see it's been allowed permission. In the end I had to unallow it and then reallow it before it would work. Mm. And that happened with a couple of things. It just in the very latest I mean, overall, actually, I like the new design because it's clearer. Um, Wallpaper, for example, um, there's a wallpaper section. In the last one, the previous system preferences, you you had to go to desktop and settings. There was never a point that actually said wallpaper for you to look at. So if you didn't know where you were going, the old one I thought was clunkier and the new one is fresher but it's there are surprising problems uh with system settings even now and actually uh, just this week i got so excited at what i thought was in macOS ventura Uh, i heard somebody talking about how you can now use shortcuts to control tab groups in safari and i use tab groups so much and I, i ran to my mac to upgrade <laughs> to the latest beta whenever that was last week and to look at shortcuts and to add this and no oh. they've done it shortcuts has tab group support on the ipad and the iphone and not the mac oh where do goodness. i use tab groups the most neither of those
0: right it's on the mac
1: machines. yeah at all, actually, yeah, the more you press on this, the more irritating, it's like, um, I, I looked into shared tab grips, very good idea. I could share you my Apple Insider tabs and you could have all that I do. And if you changed one or you, you knew something better, I'd get it as well, perfect. But I have one Mac on Ventura and one on uh, Monterey and I picked a tab grip at random. I shared it with myself or whatever, or just to test it out. And from that moment, I have not been able to use that tab group on Monterey. It comes up with an iCloud error saying you must upgrade Safari. To What it actually means is you must upgrade OS. So you can lock yourself out of tab group. And it's just that kind of messiness at this stage is aggravating. Two minutes ago, I was happy about Ventura and look at you (laughs) chipping
0: away. Well, you know, the shortcuts thing. I actually, there's a shortcut that I run every day for a particular task. And the one thing I wanted to do was remove duplicates from a list. It was a list of URLs. Mm. And there is not a built-in shortcuts command for this. I hope Apple does add that. But there is a third-party service called a Toolbox. I'll put a link in the show notes to this specific app. Oh, yeah. And it is an incredible... Isn't that Toolbox Pro? Toolbox Pro, that's right.
1: That's the one on iOS. Is that also on the Mac, do you know?
0: The, well, that's where I'm going because uh, Matthew Casanelli, yeah. shortcuts expert, he told me about Toolbox Pro and it does exactly what I wanted to. It adds a step to a shortcut where it will just remove duplicate entries from a list. And it's amazing. And it works on my iPhone and my iPad but does not work on Mac and you cannot run the shortcut on the Mac if you have input one of those steps on your iPhone or iPad version of the shortcut. Now, I'm not sure if this is a limitation of shortcuts on the Mac or if the developer has just not, you know, actually put it on the Mac. I'm not sure. I mean, I feel like if it would work, they could just check a box and offer it in the Mac app store, even as the iOS app. But maybe that doesn't integrate with shortcuts. I'm not sure the details. But it's those kinds of weird inconsistencies like you're pointing out Mm. from shortcuts on the iPhone and iPad to the Mac. Automations is still a huge glaring omission. There are no automations available in shortcuts on the Mac. And again, macOS Ventura does not seem to be bringing automations to the Mac shortcuts app. So all of those, I do hope, I mean, this could be, doesn't have to be a macOS version update. This could be like a mid-year cycle where they bring More shortcuts updates, although, I mean, we haven't really seen that very much on the Mac. I hope they bring some stuff back to the Mac. If you remember that event from a long time ago where they brought all those features back to the Mac, bring shortcuts back to the Mac, please. Uh, Okay, real quick, we have an article about things that are long gone from Apple. Apple features that Apple has killed or products they have killed. And I thought this was a little nostalgic. 3D Touch made that list. If you remember from the iPhone 6S through the iPhone 7 and 8. 3D Touch disappeared on the 10 and newer. Once you got Face ID, went to an OLED screen and there was no more 3D Touch. But I remember I loved 3D Touch. Even You can long press now and all that, but 3D Touch on the keyboard for moving the cursor around was just chef's kiss. I mean, I really liked it. 3D Touch is gone. Aperture, Apple's wonderful photo editing application. I used Aperture all the time. Gone.
1: Same here. Dead. Yeah. Loved that.
0: I loved Aperture. Maybe, maybe they'll bring it back one day. Who knows? And then I wanted to add two of my own uh, nostalgia trips to this article, which is iWeb, which iWeb used to be a part of the iLife and even .Mac subscription. So if you paid the $99 a year for a .Mac email address and subscription, Mm. you could actually publish a website to the internet using the iWeb application on your Mac. And that was the first website I ever made. It was a drag and drop editor, almost feels like it was ahead of its time, looking back at it, but I actually used iWeb to build stuff that was really nice. and the the one that really gets me I had played around with this app a lot. I actually made a couple interactive books for my job at the time, but iBooks Author was a wonderful application on the Mac that lets you build interactive iBooks with like embedded videos, like scrollable and rotatable 3D images, a bunch of stuff. And iBooks Author was deprecated, and some of those features made it into pages, so you can actually do an EPUB or export an EPUB file from pages now, but it is not the same. That iBooks Author application was really well done, and one of the people I actually met at the podcast conference last year actually was on the iBooks Author team, and, and she also nostalgically remembered that app as well, but... What what do you think? Are you not as uh, bullish on iBooks Author?
1: I'm going to disagree with you there. I thought iBooks Author was fantastic when it came out, and then I actually tried using it. And yes, the features are brilliant, but it was forever falling over. It was like a Microsoft product in that way. And Apple just never updated it. I forgot it existed until they were removing it. Then I looked, I got the latest version, and it was pixel for pixel the way it had been years before. And I didn't bother going... Far in to see whether the crashes were happening still, but other people were using it at the time saying, yeah, you just kind of got used to that kind of thing. So uh, right. mixed memories of iBooks author.
0: Okay. All right, William. Well,
1: Sorry to the person you met who worked on it.
0: I'll let that, I'll let that pass. I'm going to let that slide, William. That's fine. You, you had a bad experience. <laughs> it's all right. That's all right. <laughs> <laughs> all right. Real quick, I want to do travel apps picks because I was traveling and I used a couple apps and uh, it was the first time. Friend of the show, Jason Aiton, told me flighty the app for tracking flights and tracking your trips and all that, it's an incredible application. Flighty is super powerful. You can add your flights in there. It updated me many times before American Airlines did. So I actually got my flight plan, like where the plane was going to fly, gate updates, all of that. It's a beautifully designed app. Love Flighty, I'll put a link in show notes to that. And Uber and ride sharing services get a lot of heat, but I will say in downtown Dallas, Uber worked really well cars came very quickly. They were all very good. I will say they jack up the prices. Sometimes <laughs> my ride from the airport to the hotel was $100. Ooh. When I arrived in Dallas, right. my trip from the hotel back to the airport when I was leaving was only $38. <laughs> so some of those right. pricing, ga- some of those price gouging uh, moments is a little ridiculous, but overall they got me where I needed to go. And and I was down for it when I was there, but you have a couple of app picks too. Tell me about it.
1: I like flight track. I realise actually I've never heard of flights here. I must look into it, but um, I used to use flight tracker a lot for what sounds like similar things. Um, yeah. Gates, uh, the number of times I would be at the gates before anybody else because the app had told me. I don't know why. Obviously, places like airports and train stations have this information, but London, Euston, for example, uh, is famous for not putting up... Um, the uh, platform number for the train from London to Birmingham until the last second. (laughs) So you will see 300 people suddenly go (gasps) and run. (laughs) Whereas uh, there's an online service called something like Real Trains UK, and it just says at platform 14. (laughs) So yeah idly walk up you stroll up there and and you feel the rush of wind behind you when everybody else has realized and it's only let me down once in the years so okay yeah penzance is very nice uh, at the moment that's what i found so it wasn't i couldn't call it a bug and it was a sure excuse for a nice trip somewhere else
0: yeah. Mm. <laughs> and then what is a what a flight tracker. No, there's a bunch of flight tracker apps. So which one is this? Oh, uh
1: Flight Oh nuts Flight Tracker Pro maybe. I remember thinking it got updated and one of the versions was paid, but I wasn't flying at that time, so I didn't look into it again. Uh, TripIt, actually, I also use uh, yes. a lot. It tended to be when I was travelling, there were multiple parts to it. A couple of different cities for work, or some trains, some coach, even some airplane. And TripIt would just kind of route them all, and the hotels even, into one little itinerary. And you could just see where you were supposed to be at any time. Yes. And, uh, you get a your uh, train ticket emailed to you and you just forward it to uh, plans at it.com And because it came from you, it had no it was your one and it would pop it into your account for you so as well as i've needed it but i really like to trip it
0: yes and i actually use TripIt on this trip as well i've used it for years and it's nice because you can uh, like look back at all the trips you've taken if you use it for a long time and yeah go back it's fun
1: i do envy you this trip by the way it sounds like everybody who was anybody was at this podcast thing and that's why i wasn't
0: well okay. well uh, listen i would have loved to have you there we could have podcasted in person one of those little booths it was uh that would have been fun but oh that. Yeah.
1: Oh, I'd like that. That would be We'll yeah, yeah. do that next time.
0: Thank next you. time, come come to the podcast movement. Let's do it. One last pick. I just want to, I mentioned this on MacBreak Weekly earlier this week, and I'm going to talk about it on HomeKit Insider. But I had been searching for the perfect AirPods Max stand that allowed it to charge and go to sleep and all that. And I have found something called the Max Stand. The website is themaxstand.com. And it's this very low profile, low, inconspicuous little dock. And it comes with these little lightning connectors. That you leave plugged into the airpods max and so It's says a little dongle very low profile not too uh, obtrusive but you put that in there and then you can just place your airpods max on this dock and it begins charging immediately because that little dongle allows it to charge wirelessly and then the base also puts it to sleep you plug the base in with USB-C, not micro usb thank you the mac stand and then i just know my airpods max are charged all the time when they're on that dock I can pick it up, put it on my head and I'm good to go. And it's, I mean, pretty perfect. I I don't have enough good things to say about it. I did a little video on on my YouTube channel talking about it. It's great if you have AirPods Max and you're looking for the perfect stand and an easier way to charge it rather than plugging in a lightning cable all the time. Really love this Mac stand and even set up a home automation with the (laughs) the thing because I don't like things charging like constantly 24/7, all the time. And so I did this little automation where and this was a, a recommendation from Care HomeKit on Twitter, but I put a HomeKit plug on the base, and it basically turns on and charges for two hours every weekday morning, and then it turns off. And I know my AirPods Max are always charged, but they're not overcharging, and uh, that's just how I like them, William. I don't want to overcharge.
1: Do you, uh, is this on sale yet? Do we know what the price is? Or is it's
0: eighty dollars. It's an Indiegogo campaign, but it's fully funded and they do ship. So I bought it and I got it maybe a month or six weeks later. So I'll put the link in show notes, but themacstand.com, 80 bucks. And I mean, if you spent the money on AirPods Max, this 80 bucks I think is is worth it (laughs) for for me anyway. And, uh, And finally, finally, Tom Hanks is releasing a trivia app that will be available in Apple Arcade. Hanks 101 Trivia. And it will be available September 2nd. So as you listen to this episode, it should be available today. And I am very excited for this. I like trivia. And I'll be downloading this app day one. Do you like trivia, William? Do you like trivia again? I
1: do, but I'm sorry. I'm so disappointed in you there. You you could have begun with which Hollywood star and writer has released it. You could have asked it as a trivia question. You had that chance. You threw it away. And now there's, what, 58,000 other questions left? That's nothing. We want 58,001 Questions, but you know what can you do? Yeah, it's gone. <laughs> Man. Well, over. okay, but no? but
0: you didn't answer the question. I mean, do you like trivia? Are you going to do this trivia thing?
1: Yeah, I I don't. You know when you uh, I I watch a lot of YouTube on my Apple TV set, and you know once you watch anything on YouTube, it goes. Oh, you like these? Well, mistakenly, foolishly, stupidly, about a month ago, I did I, I did one of these ridiculously tedious. I watched a video on uh, guess the nineteen seventies UK sitcoms and it's a still <laughs> from the verif and some horrible music playing and a countdown and then it tells you whether you you tells know, you I don't know why it was fun. I know it wasn't <laughs> fun to keep doing it, but I keep being offered them and every now and again I can't resist.
0: Okay, I okay. So you resist. like well, you like the trivia, so. you like it.
1: When I get it right, I do. Yeah, I sure. mean give me a sports <laughs> trivia game and I'm gone. I'm out of there. But
0: Oh forget about it now. I...
1: Drama, television That's this, yes. Okay, Okay. very good. Can you imagine you and I on some sort of fantasy football quiz team (laughs) night thing, if there is such a thing? I'm starting to make things up now. I think I'm hallucinating. No, sports trivia.
0: But, Uh, The only sports trivia I remember is a Final Jeopardy, and I remember this from years ago. The Final Jeopardy question was, name two U.S. NBA basketball teams that don't (laughs) end with the letter S. Okay. Two NBA teams that don't end with the letter S. And as you start thinking of them, they all end in S. The Celtics, the, I don't even know other battles, the Knicks.
1: Wait, the Knicks aren't N I X.
0: William, are you serious right now?
1: Oh, it's K N I. Sorry. Okay.
0: <laughs> no. Sorry. No, okay. no, the Mavericks, the Nuggets, the Warriors, they all end in S. Can you think of any that don't end in S, William? This is live trivia. Yeah, right. right
1: here. Okay. British equivalent then. I was once in a general knowledge quiz and there was a sports question. I thought, well, you know. You've got to take one for the team here. This could be the round we lose on. And the question was, well, it actually said, name the England football team. Um, and lots of people around me were trying to list, I don't know how many players there are. And I just wrote down, I'd call them overpaid. And uh, for some reason.
0: We didn't <laughs> it win. went over like but, a lead balloon? You
1: know, <laughs> yeah, it was not yeah. a popular note for me there. But, you know.
0: I imagine that. In case our listeners are wondering. If if you don't want to hear the answer, you can you can pause the podcast here and try to guess it yourself. But the three NBA basketball teams that don't end with the letter S are the Miami Heat, the Utah Jazz, mm-hmm. and the Orlando Magic. Heat, Jazz, Magic.
1: If we're giving our answers, yes. can I please take this chance to just slightly correct what I've just yep, said? Yes. The England football team. Um they meant the the men's English football team. All I know is uh the women's football team in England is and always has been significantly better performing than the men's. Okay. And I cannot work out why the phrase is um, the England team and the England's women team. Why isn't it the England's men team and the England's Ooh, winning team? That's a good point. Why isn't it the losers and the winners? <laughs> I don't know. It's a strange
0: word. That's a very good point. Thank you for tuning in to Apple Sports Insider. This is a new podcast on the Apple Insider Network where William and I are going to randomly uh, talk about sports that we know nothing about. Uh, next week, we'll talk about American football, which, uh, yeah, you know, the pigskin. Uh, is that a team? <laughs> William, William has nothing to offer. It's, it's totally fine. No, the, it's, it's starting soon. The, the American football season. It's a big deal for people. I don't know, William. Yes, I don't, if you like it, this, great. But, this, yeah. this show it just came to a screeching halt when I tried to pivot to sports. That's exactly what happened. This <laughs> is—it's too late. We <laughs> get we gotta go listeners follow us on twitter uh tell us uh, what is sports no i don't know don't tweet anything about sports at us tell us what you're hoping for for this event september yeah, 7th it, yeah if you listen to
1: the end uh, tweet at us and tell us why okay <laughs> that's
0: the sort of thing okay they're here for this content they're they're here for the the random uh flailing of of the host okay. at the end yeah and uh, you know, five-star rating and review support is an Apple Podcast or Patreon. I've been doing early access, uh, ad-free. Uh, thanks for tuning in. Sports ball. Let's go. Let's let's go sports. <laughs>